Welcome to Hidden Voices, the podcast which explores the less heard voices in health and social care. I'm Rachel and I work for Health Watch Essex. It's our job to make sure that people's experiences help to improve health and social care services. For our first episode, I'm joined by Stoma Coloplast nurse Tracy and Michael, who's had a stoma bag for six years. So thank you for joining us. Um, it'd be great just to hear a little bit about your story. So, Michael, how have you come to be here having this conversation with us? <laughs> so six years ago, obviously had the uh, operation to have a colostomy bag on the back of having um, ulcerative colitis. So I had that for around two years um, and then it was like, enough's enough. I need to get this out of me. Had the operation and um, yeah, I've been living like this for six years now. So what? So ulcerative <clears throat> colitis, yeah. tricky to say if you've not said it before. Um, so what is that and how does it manifest itself? What are the symptoms? So ulcerative colitis, it's a inflammation of the large bowel. Some of the side effects are fatigue, um, loss of weight, um, just, just generally really feeling unwell um, and a need to constantly use the toilet. Um, so I would have probably visited the toilet anything up to 40 times a day. Wow. Um, you know, just either not sure or you know, having to actually needing to go. Um, and um, anything from you know, passing blood and, and, and all sorts of stuff. So it was very, um, you know, a worrying two years. I can imagine, and I can imagine as well with that, that it's really debilitating in terms of leading a normal life because, I mean, what were the biggest impacts in terms of being able to just go about what most people would consider their day-to-day business? It was just that constant fear, I think, of, I mean, for my work, I travel all over the world for work, um, and, you know, I was always looking for the next toilet. You know, you're always having to think about um, your routine in the morning, you know, getting up, getting a suit on, going into London or, you know, you're always having to think like two steps ahead. Um, And I've got a young family. And at the time, my son was um, about three or four months old. Um, You know, I wanted to enjoy his time as well. You know, I'd, I'd be holding him as a baby and then I'd have to pass him over to my wife to then go to the toilet and then come back. So it just, just, yeah, wasn't enjoyable. <laughs> so how long did you kind of live with that before you just decided I, this is, enough is enough? It was about two years that I had it for. I'd been having the conversations with my um, consultant um, who then I said to him, I said that the drugs, I was on so many drugs, none of them were working and any drug that I was taking was not affecting me um, apart from the amount of steroids I was having to take. So I was sat in a room and um, I said enough's enough, I need to get back to working, Uh, I need to enjoy my life again. Um, I'm very active and that was stopping me from playing rugby, getting out on my bike, um, all the things that I wanted to enjoy with my kids when they grow older. So yeah. decision was made and um, yeah, it had to go. 
And so what was your consultant's response at that time? Is it a kind of immediate, okay, so we now know what to do? Or was it, you kind of need to think this through a bit more? Or how, how, how did they respond to that sort of very decisive action? <laughs> um, he, he pretty much lived and breathed my whole journey with me. So um, he was very accepting of it and said, yeah, no, we've tried everything. He was happy to put me forward to the to the surgeons to 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 have it done. And Tracy, is that is that a common story that Michael's told, kind of in the lead up to having a stoma bag? Is that a common story? Yeah, I mean, people have stomas for a variety of reasons. So you've got sort of your Crohn's, your ulcerative colitis, which tends to be more our younger age group, and that can be children as well. That right, end okay. up with somas. Um, then we've got our cancer patients, which is the majority of the reason why people have um, a stoma. Um, bowel cancer, bladder cancer, it can be ovarian cancer that can affect the bowel. And then there's diverticular disease, which a lot of the adult population have, which we get pockets in the bowel, which blow up like hot water little balloons and they can burst and patients need to have a stoma fit for that. Babies come out born with birth defects that need literally are born and go straight to surgery so we have babies with it. Um, people go through trauma um, whether it be car accidents, stabbings, things like that. Anything that can damage the bowel to be honest with you. I feel that like in Michael's case with the ulcerative colitis, it's kind of, it can be quite a positive thing to have a stoma because it actually improves their quality of life. And a lot of my patients turn around and say, it's the best thing I did. Because although you don't have control over a stoma, you don't have control when you haven't got a stoma, but you've got a more control than when you're living with the disease and you can get off the steroids and it's quite manageable, so yeah. So for those people who maybe haven't, you know, come across this terminology before, could you describe what, what a stoma is and what it involves? Okay, so stoma is a Greek word meaning mouth. Oh, okay. okay. That's the only bit of Greek I know. <laughs> <laughs> so what it is, it's where the surgeon will bring out part of the bowel to the surface of a patient's abdomen or their tummy, all right? So it's because they may have to remove part of their bowel or... And it's because we need to divert either faecal matter or urine from the usual organs, say the bladder and bowel, and patients wear a stoma pouch or bag, which then the content of urine or faecal matter will go into the, the pouch on the outside of the body. All right, so it's not a tube or any patient say to me, so the surgeon fits a tube onto my, no, it's not a tube, it's literally we bring out part of the bowel to the surface of the tummy to divert um, urine or faecal matter. And so how did you then end up in this line of work? Why, you know, there's loads of different fields in nursing. There is, there, there is. So, so why, why in this field for you? What do you like about it? I didn't set out on my career pathway, to be honest with you, but I'm glad it happened. <laughs> um, so when I first trained as a nurse, which was many moons ago, so over 20 years ago, I was a surgical nurse um, at Harlow Hospital, Princess Alexandra. So I worked on surgical wards for about 10 years. And then 
there was an opening to provide some cover for the stoma nurse within the hospital because she was off sick and so I got um, approached to see if I wanted to cover the role so okay so I wasn't too sure at the beginning but my role is very much it's it's about teaching patients obviously how to change their pouch and manage their day-to-day -day life but it's about rehabilitation and getting them from that point of surgery because we see patients before surgery to give them pre-op counselling to get them back to how Michael is doing uh, he was talking about doing Iron Man next year and um, impressive you know so it's all about the rehabilitation um, so I worked as an NHS stoma care nurse for about eight years and then in May 2015 I started working for Coloplast to work out in the community um, looking after the patients of West Essex who's all got a stoma so yeah so that's how it happened but it's a rewarding job no two days are the same it is great when you see you, you see someone at a very vulnerable position when they first have surgery because at the end of the day this is life-changing surgery is body image we're British we do not talk about toilet habits very much you know you can't just go and go up to your friend and say oh by the way I've got well some patients do I've got a stoma fitted it's very personable and private you see patients it may be weeks down the line or months down the line or years down the line and they have they've gone on their cruises or they've gone skiing or done Ironman competitions <laughs> um, it's that rewarding that you've you supported that patient and got them back to their road. You're sat here today, Michael, looking the picture of health, and I'm imagining that this has been a really positive experience for you. But I'd be really curious to understand a bit about um, what Tracy's just said around stigma and people talking about this. You know, is it the sort of thing that you feel able to talk about now openly with friends and family? And how did you get to that point <coughs> if you weren't there before? Um, yeah, stig the stigma of having a stoma bag is is uh, still very much present. So for me, you know, it was all about um, me wanting to get back to my sport sports and being able to do, um, you know, my rugby again and, and everything. Um, but yeah, I've 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 had experiences where um, yeah, the, the the stigma of yeah, having a bag, but it's people's like kind of perception. Yeah. Um, I was away on holiday um, in uh, Centre Parks, and um, I was using a disabled toilet um, because to to go to empty the bag, you need a little bit more space. This, that's what it is. So, um, you know, technically, uh, it's classed as a disability. So, you know, I, I go in there and use it. Um, but if you was to look at me, as as you've said, you know, look a picture of health, me walking into a disabled toilet, questions are going to be asked. Um, and this happened on a on a on occasion. I went in there, I used the toilet, come out, um, and there was um, a young family waiting to go in to change their change their baby, and the the wife. Um, she said, oh, don't you just hate that? People that are not disabled that go in and use the disabled toilet. And I heard what she said. And at that point I was, 
probably it wasn't eight, that nine, far. Yeah, you months. wasn't that far in. I wasn't far in, no. was I? So it was still very fresh with me and very conscious about my look and making sure my t-shirt was covering myself and mm-hmm. um, and I actually turned round and I just lifted my t-shirt up and pointed and I said is that good enough for you and the lady's face had the colour just drained from her face and she was very apologetic and it for me that boosted my confidence by doing it but also I think it you know it showed that you know, disabilities are not always visible, yeah. and yeah, you, know, you 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 should take that into consideration. You know, if you're, you know, someone is using a disabled toilet, yeah, maybe they may have a disability. So be careful with what you say. It's um, such a common thing, isn't it? That disability yeah. Yeah. is invisible, yeah. and people make snap judgments based on what mm. they just see yeah. in a moment. So yeah. to be able to turn around and explain what mm. it is, mm. so that someone understands it, yeah. that's also helping to remove the stigma, isn't it? Yeah, because absolutely. You yeah. get a chance to talk about what it is, yeah. and it's not something that you're mm. you're frightened of discussing. Yeah, that's the biggest. Because before. If patients are having planned surgery, we contact the patient before to give a pre-op counselling session. So it's about showing them the pouches, what, how you'd manage it after surgery and ongoing. But a lot of it is about you know your lifestyle, how you manage, how you go, getting an idea of their work or their social, what sports they enjoy. And the, I would say the biggest worry with patients is, can patient, can other people see it? Mm-hmm. Do they know I've got it? What What do I tell other people? And it's it's all it's kind of that acceptance of what everyone else thinks rather than what's important to the patient themselves. So I always advise there's so many different pouches out there now that and they're different shapes, colours, materials. In ten years, it's absolutely amazing how the pouches have changed and they're now. They're not so much a medical device. They used to be very much, they used to be see-through and crinkly and, but now it's all about, it's more like, to feel like a piece of clothing and waterproof, you can shower or go swimming or whatever with them. And I say to patients, as soon as you, you choose to tell people what you choose, you don't have to go and tell everyone, you know, tell who you choose to tell and say, because, one thing my patients have fed back to the, me is as soon as they say to a patient, um, to a friend or a I've got a stoma bag fitted, they don't talk to the face anymore. They're kind of looking at the, the tummy to see if they can see mm. where the bag is and things like that. Really? Yeah, so it's kind of, you know, talk, talk to my face rather than... You That's know. interesting, mm. isn't it? Because that actually, cause we've only met today, but that never crossed my mind. You mm. know, I just, <laughs> just started <laughs> chatting to you. But now, I, I tell you one thing that's coming into my head now is I'm curious about, so you've talked about some sports that are real, like they're big contact sports. Ironman's a tough one, but mm. rugby, you know, tackling people and all that, all that sort of stuff. Mm. So how does that work with a stoma? You know, do you have to be, I don't know how it's affixed. So do you have to be careful about getting, getting caught on things or... Are you pretty much I mean, able to do what you what you want now? I I I'd probably do a little bit more than what I should. <laughs> um, and, oh yes. And um, uh, stupidly, you know, I've 
by doing what I do, I've got myself a, a, a hernia, which is around the around the stoma, so it, it comes out a little bit more than what it used to. Um, so I have to be careful with that. Um, but with rugby, and I remember having this conversation with Tracy, we're sitting in the um, in, in one of the, the clinics, and um, and I, I just said, you know, I, you know, one thing that I was wanted to do was get back to rugby. And I mean, Tracy just saying, "Well, do it then." You know what? What? What is going to stop you from doing it? Because yeah, you're right. It's a high impact sport. Um, you know, to that area as well. Um, but I wear a, a hernia support um, belt, um, which gives me a little bit more protection. The bag itself is you know, an adhesive, like a kind of an adhesive plate. Right. Um, and because I've got a hernia, I've got there's a new design. Um, or coloplast do where it goes round the hernia as well so it's more secure and I'll tackle people people will tackle me mm. um, and I actually play for the UK colostomy rugby team everyone on that team is either in the same scenario, uh, same issue as me or have had reversals or something um, and that was probably one of the best moments of all of this experience of the operation and uh, you know getting back to normal life, because I stood in the changing room. Um, normally, you know, I'd kind of be face to the wall and kind of in the corner and just hiding myself a little bit. But this time, I looked around and everyone in the room looked the same. Yeah. And that was the first time I just felt completely normal, and it was so good. Honestly, it was so good. And I'm guessing that you all have very different stories as to how you ended up with a stoma, but actually some of the emotions and the challenges and the decisions you've had to make have been really similar. So yeah. you're immediately in a room full of people who mm. are like-minded in one way or Yeah, they know. Yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah. about being confident because, you know, unfortunately people worry about leakage and can you see it and sore skin and everything. But there is so many different pouches now with which can be more flexible, which mould around the... Because every, everybody's body is different. We've all got different body profiles. Some are slim, some are outward. Um, we, if we all come in one size, it'd be an easy world out there, but we don't. So it's important that if you are struggling, it's not... It's not normal. People, there used to be a bit of a taboo. Well, I've got a stoma bag, so I'm expecting it's going to leak. It's not. You know, there's so much help out there and different types of pouches that can be more flexible, that can mould around if your people have got a bit of an outer body or a hernia. If your stoma's a bit in, there's convex ones. So it's so important to stop this cycle before it starts because if we've got the right fit of the pouch, the patient feels confident and happy in it and feels then they can get on with their life and go rugby or for meals out and everything and then you don't get sore skin but I think the thing is don't suffer in silence there's so much help out there whether or not it's on forums or speaking to your local stoma care nurse or there's associations like the Iosmi Association, Eurosmi Association, Colostomy Association there is help out there and you're not alone. There is so many people in the UK living like this. That people, when patients say to me, how many patients do you look after them? I go, they go, 
how are guests? And they say, yeah, 100. So in West Essex, which is up to Saffron Walden down to Chigwell, so the M11 stretch, it's actually 860. Wow. So it's, it's, it's big numbers. Lot. Even little villages, there'd be one or two other people in that village that's actually living like other patients are. It's more out there, to be honest with you. And it, what's great, because I think in the past it was classed as a bit of an older person's disease, and suddenly it's all over Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and whatever social social media platforms there are out there where, you know, you're following it. And it is that positivity of, there's a guy who does um, bodybuilding, isn't there? Yeah. And there's been a few famous people as well that's, that's had, had stomas. So I think it is getting more more out there and that the stigma slowly slowly we're chipping away but I think we can only do that with patients kind of leading their lives mm. and speaking about it to be honest with you. It, it, that in, in particular that that's helped um, a few of my friends that have come through um, get into the stage where they need to have have the operation and I'd say to them oh do you follow such and such on a, like Instagram and they say oh no like I say, well, go and have a look, and just have a look through their posts, and then then come back to me and have a have a chat. And um, it's Mr. Mr. Colitis, Mr. Yeah. Crohn's and Colitis. Mm. He's fantastic, like so positive, um, and all the messages that he puts on, he says about some of the stigma that he gets as well, and it's something that patients can actually relate to. Mm. Um, you know, similar to that of you know me going into the changing room with all the rugby guys, everyone's in that room. Everyone knows, you know, what you've been through is probably the same. Everyone's had a leak. Every everyone's, everyone's uh, had a blockage or something. Something like that's happened, so they can all relate to it. But he does it on social media, so you know it. It does break down the the stigma of it, but also it does help. Mm, yeah. It helps other patients going into it as well. So if there were people out there listening to this who are on that pathway for any of the reasons that you mentioned, Tracy, mm -hmm. and they know that in the foreseeable future they're going to have a stoma, what would your message to them be? What would you say? Just to be as positive as you can um, and take any advice from whether it be social media or the nurses, just listen and don't um, don't think that having this is going to stop you from doing anything, because it absolutely will not. Yeah, I've done triathlons. Tracy mentioned about swimming. I've done a, a two mile swim in a lake. Wow. You know, it doesn't stop. Yeah. It, it, it will not stop you from doing anything. Mm. If you if you want to push yourself to the limits, you can do it. Which is clearly what if you're trying you to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't stop. I'm curious just about how often do you guys see each other then? So it, I guess it's about how independent you are. Like how mm. often do you need to check in with Tracy? So the first year when patients first have surgery is when they really need that support mm. sort of thing. So within my role within Coplast, we see them um, at home sort of a week to 10 days after the discharge from hospital because that is the real, I always put it to when you bring a newborn baby home. In the hospital, you're fine. You get home with this baby, it's kind of 
what do I do now mm. sort of thing so it's making sure they've got a good routine at home sorting out supplies making sure they're eating drinking then I tend to see them three weeks later and I try to get them to clinic because that might be the first time that patient's walked outside their door with a stoma mm. so although they think oh can't you come round that's not that's not helping the patient because they need to get into the outside world. And then you usually see them at six weeks, three months, six months, then a year. After the year, I find they've kind of got to that, we've ticked all the boxes. They would have gone on holiday, um, gone to coffee, got, got back to their sport. So then just check in with them once a year, make sure they're doing, just doing an annual review. Um, but as long as you've got a, a stoma, no department will ever discharge you. So even if Michael hadn't spoken to me for a year or so, he's still off my book. He's still on my book, so he can pick up the phone anytime um, to get some help and advice. So that's, that's yeah. good We're always here. for you to know that you know mm. if you ever need anything further down the line. And does it feel like there's continuity of care then as well? So you've got a point of contact who understands your yep. journey, which isn't always people's experiences in healthcare. Sometimes it's quite difficult having to re-explain your journey to new people each mm. time. Yeah, I think, um, although me and, me and Tracy are connected locally, um, even if I was to phone in to Colablast to order new suppliers, there's a question that always comes back to say, you know, have you have you spoken to your nurse recently? Would you like to speak to your nurse? So they know your history, it's there, and if you do want to speak to a nurse, it, it's very quick to, mm. to turn it around as well. Um, and you 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 just feel like you've got support, like the whole time. Um, I remember when I was, I think it was a month. I had a month off, and then I was going back into work, and it was my first time back into London, um, and um, I was talking to Tracy about shirts to wear. You know, it gets into a fashion chat mm. rather than you know <laughs> what, what should I wear how's this going to look and you know um I think we was in clinic about an hour just discussing yeah because you was really anxious about I remember you saying I see what about if I've got to give presentations who's can you see it what shirt shall I wear yeah. you know we come up with waistcoats and goodness. oh yeah yeah all sorts too you know but but you did it yeah the part nurse part fashion advisor yeah <laughs> <laughs> and 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 Obviously, the support that, that Tracy's given me as well. I mean, to to get back into London, that helped massively. Like, Michael if it was going there, through so. the steps of, right, what about when I'm on the train? What if, what if? Mm. Then I go get to Liverpool Street, what if? What Then I've got a... And we was literally walking through his whole day of work, and I was giving him hints and tips. He's got, what about if I need to empty it at work? Or you go to the bathroom, Michael. Like, you know, but, and then when it actually comes to the event, you're like, it wasn't that mm. bad. Yeah. You know, but it's, but some people will just tackle it straight on, mm. and some people need that bit of help and guidance. Do you ever get worried about your stomach bag in public? It makes noises. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I've not got control over that. Is that going to happen? Uh, okay. you know, so you're thinking about these things, you, you know, that experience, it, it, it happened to me on a, on the train, you know, I was going into London, I had my earphones in, 
Yeah, it's little, little things. I had my earphones in, and the lady opposite me was kind of looking. I'm thinking, <laughs> took me earphones out. I said, are you, are you okay? Like that. And she was like, like this. And I realised that, mm. yeah, my stomach was talking <laughs> quite, quite loudly. And I was like, oh, sorry. But now, there's something I change. I only put one earpiece in. Mm, I see. When I get on the train. And if I, you know, I sit, and sometimes, like now, you know, I was just sitting here and, and I felt a bit of movement, so I, I do that. Oh, okay, so you've yeah. adapted and find yeah. mechanisms. Yeah, it's just little things, but I'll do that, and I feel comfortable. Yeah. Because I feel I've got a bit of control this, by uh, doing that. I imagine there's so much more going on for you than there is for the people around you. So, of course, yeah. I didn't even yeah. notice that you did that. <laughs> but you no. knew that you were doing it, and you knew the reason you were doing yeah. it. So I suppose, mm. yeah. yeah, it's all... Oh, it's, you're constantly thinking about just yeah your environment and the day to day um things you know i'm thinking uh tomorrow going into london um you know I've got to get your train into london I've got to get up early mm. you know that's a that's a you know slightly different to my usual routine so i'm working from home at the minute so i'll get up at home and i'll just put a pair of shorts on and a t-shirt and i'm comfortable i'm in my own home i haven't got to worry about my image at home Mm. me getting up at five in the morning is that different to seven in the morning in terms of how my bag may act you know pretty regular that I wake up in the morning and that you know I'll need to go to the toilet um, but if I wake up two hours earlier would I be in the same situation would I've already gone to the toilet and need to then go and empty or is that going to fill up on the train yeah so there's, yeah. A, there's a lot of mental admin going on in your head. Before. Huge, mm. yeah. huge amounts, huge amounts, yeah. So what about um, your food and diet after the surgery? How has that changed? As soon as I had, had the operation, um, it, it affected my weight because I was able to eat again. And I and I ate. <laughs> and he ate. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I, I couldn't go out for meals with my wife, and, you know, the kids. So I wanted to enjoy that, and you know, to a certain, you've got to be careful, right? You have mm. to be careful, um, and drink. Yeah. Like drink plenty. a lot. But usually after surgery, <laughs> patients lose a lot of weight and they lose their appetite. So we say, right, high calorie foods, you know, yeah. all the junk. Marshmallows. Marshmallows, <laughs> jelly babies, crisp biscuits, cake. Don't want you to much, have much fruit and vegetables because that's going to make... And then we see them again and it's like, okay, you need to eat healthfully now because <laughs> they've gone too far sort of thing. Has it brought back joy in food for you again? You know, the way you were saying, oh, I had one bite and then I've got a nip off now I can sit and have a really nice roast dinner and not worry absolutely yeah and yeah. sometimes it's retraining patients because they're so used to I can't eat this can't mm. eat that and trying to change their mindset actually you can eat that now mm. yeah there's nothing stopping yeah. you it can be quite difficult really you you, you, re you do have to be careful mm. um, because you know I mentioned blockages that is probably the most painful experience you you'll get three, three times i've been in hospital um one was a mcdonald's chip mm -hmm. that's a common culprit <laughs> yeah um and you know it it 
gets can be the, really yeah, bad. Yeah, it can be the smallest little thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah you can feel it, feel it in your, in your stomach that you, you know, something's not quite right, so you need to sort this out. And you have to listen, listen to your body mm-hmm. because it, yeah, it's that from a, going into a blockage, which honestly I wouldn't wish on anyone because mm. um, that, is, that is painful. What do your kids think? Oh, they love it. <laughs> they love it. Oh, honestly. But um, they, for me, are, I'll get emotional now, but they are literally the best motivation to get up and get out and do it. They are on me. They're bike rides, dad, run, dad, do this, dad, carry me here, do this dig in the garden and build me this and, <laughs> and they just keep me going like all the time they drive me insane sometimes but <laughs> they're amazing um, and my daughter now she's fascinated I mean, if I change my bag she will sit on the bath and just watch and she'll be like oh, so what's that do then dad <laughs> and and there's a there's a little bit there's um a seal that I put on that goes around the stoma and then I put the bag on top of that which gives a little bit more protection around the, the actual stoma um and it's got two two mm. peelable flaps on it that you know it takes so it gives you the adhesive oh so when's the mickey mouse coming out mm. that's what she calls it it's a mickey mouse so now you know she's got to the point of where um she'll say to me oh are you are you changing your bag and she'll come in mm. yeah she she's fascinated by it that's the type of healthy curiosity that you want people to have mm. isn't it like to genuinely yeah. understand yeah. rather mm. than to immediately judge and yeah. then you have to explain yourself yeah I think it's funny because these products like Michael said about the seals and his daughter saying when's Mickey Mouse coming out when I teach patients I say right peel off I didn't know Michael's daughter said this but I said right you peel off the Mickey Mouse's you know <laughs> and certain things like we, we have extra security frames um and to patients, I call them bananas, you know. So it's all this language trying to make it not such a medical device mm. um, rather than just something that you wear sort of thing. So um, a lot of our stomach, a lot of stomach care nurses will call these supporting products by other names which patients relate to. <laughs> yeah, and probably remember more easily yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah, you exactly. know? And they don't get worried about remembering the right terminology no, when they're speaking yeah. to no, someone. Exactly. Which, it's I've, tricky. I think I've done that before. I phoned up Coloplast to order another batch. I said, oh, the, the one that looks like Mickey Mouse is. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Brilliant. I always say to patients, don't let the stoma rule your head. You need to get your head around the yeah. stoma because that's if you let your stoma rule your head, then... You know, that can be a very challenging time for a patient and certainly don't suffer in silence. Because if it's not talking to a nurse, a nurse might put you in touch with a buddy system. If I've got a patient struggling, I'll get them in contact with Michael and he'll talk to them. Because as a nurse, I can talk and talk and talk, but I don't wake up every day living with a stoma. I don't know what it's like to walk out my front door thinking, Am I confident with this pouch? Can someone see it? My skin's a bit sore. Is that okay? Is a stone? I don't live through that. Michael does. So to get that advice from a follow stoma patient is 
is great as well. That's that's lived experience, which is which mm. is what we do at Health Watch Essex. Mm. So that's kind of the whole purpose of this podcast is to be able to raise awareness of things where people's experiences are really valuable to others. So thank you very much. That was that was brilliant. For the second part of our podcast, then we're going to ask you to play a game. It's called Full Disclosure. And it's a chance for you to ask thought-provoking questions of each other. So we have a deck of cards, which you can see in front of you, and each one has a question written on it. When you're ready, I want you to just grab a card at random, and then both of you have to answer the question that follows. Okay, so my first card is, what is your biggest fear? Um, the biggest fear would be out in public and having a a leak I think that would be mm. the biggest fear for me I'd say that's the, the same for most, most patients people, yeah. to be honest with you Yeah. so it's kind of that preparation so always advising patients that to have a spare pouch with you kind of yeah. little little kit fit in a pocket little makeup purse or a little I have patients who put it in camera cases and God knows what else sort mm. of things. So, um, because that would be the biggest fear. My biggest fear is not actually solving a challenge for a patient. And there has been times, and I haven't got all the answers, and it is, it is what it is sort of thing, and it's sort of helping that patient to carry on with their everyday life as much as they are. But that's, that's my biggest fear of you know actually not being able to to help in some some way uh, okay so next card um finish uh, no one talks about nobody talks about having a stoma i think to be honest with you it's not really an opening you wouldn't open a conversation yeah. saying, hi, my name's Michael, I've got a stoma, yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. And it's, it is that, okay, you don't bring it up straight away, but it is having the confidence to, to, it's a part of you, it's part of, you know, but we're quite happy to talk about other ailments we might have, but, but not this. I think having, <coughs> having a stoma, um, and and in particular, going into work, I wouldn't talk about it. Mm. You know, I, I wouldn't mm. openly say exactly that. Mm. You know, I'm, you know, I'm Michael, and I've got a stomach. You don't just, need to, you, though, do you? Yeah, you know, I don't need to do it. If 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 I feel that, you know, I, I I feel comfortable with someone at work, then you know, I may talk to them because then they understand, right? There's there's a little bit of understanding there. If you do talk about it, you do feel better about it. Mm. But um, right situations, I think. Yeah, it's funny though, because if patients do open up to someone and say, I've actually got a stoma, there'll be conversations, do you know so-and-so's got a stoma? Mm. Or my brother-in-law or my sister's got a stoma. And it's almost like that thing of everyone knows someone. My next card is, if you had £10,000 for a good cause, what would you do? 
charity starts at home. (laughs) (laughs) I would put it back into um, probably education of stomas. You know, because I was was worried now that when my kids, my kids can, you know, they're in school now, they're getting older, they're talking a lot, they're talking about... um, you know, parts of the body and, and, and different things like that. And I always, I always think, you know, children, some of them, yeah, they can, some of them can be nasty, right? Mm. And I think if some of the children in my kids' school, if they was to find out that my situation, then they might, sometimes that, that kind of comes off onto, onto them as well, like onto my kids and say, oh, your dad does this and you know and that's that's not very nice so I'd try I'd, I'd want to reinvest it into education of the children and that's why I keep my children so involved in mm. what is happening with me because I think if they see that then they understand that not everyone's the same mm. and and they've got a little bit more of a an understanding of that and you know they'll they'll probably think twice about, you know, someone going into the disabled toilet or, mm. you know, things like that, so. It's about education though, because like I say, I look after anything from birth to grave. So I've had, I remember one of my little kiddies and she had her stoma fitted when she was eight. She's a lively character, eight year old. And it was educating her class on, you know, that she's now got this and the the teacher they actually got her to um draw it was a big picture of a tree and the leaves were stoma pouches and that was actually in the classroom too so she's no different to any other child because i think it's when we don't educate and we keep everything very closed that's when kids and things do get a kind of Oh, what it's about, sort of things. So I think it is about being open and honest about things, you know, and answering those questions appropriately mm. and not hiding anything at all, at all. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Next card. Okay. Uh, what does this word mean to you? Care. Care. Oh, that's a big word. Um. Care is about, it's about looking up at the whole picture, not just a, a stoma care nurse in whatever shape or form, whether it's working for a company or working for the NHS. We're not just here to teach patients how to change a pouch so that they manage their everyday life. It's that caring, it's being there through the the good times and the challenging times and getting patients through the the bad times and that's what it's all about caring if it is talking to michael about what he's going where to work the next day that's still caring if it's talking to someone about their diet their lifestyle that's still caring it's looking but not only caring for the patient it's also caring for their partner husband wife children you know, so because they're a big support network as well for the patient, getting them through their journey. 
Yeah, I completely agree. Everything you said there is... I mean, the big thing for care for me is, like, the, the family piece. Um, you know, it's not just me that's going through this. You know, there's a lot of other considerations you've got to take into this. So, you know, wives, husbands, and, mm. you know, kids. Um, yeah, and the care that comes from them to to a patient as well. Um, you know, obviously their loved ones if they're um, going through through this. Um, so it can be a tough time. It can be a tough time. You know, I think the first month of after having my operation, I had so many ups and downs. Um, you know, sometimes just saying like, I think the first two weeks, I didn't want I didn't want my wife to see me. I honestly didn't want her to see me because I just thought, do you know what? She's not gonna want to be with me because of how I look and this and you know having this this stone bag. So having the care coming back from her, she's with me because of me. Like it's, it's you know obviously the appearance and whatever it just goes goes with it. So she she cares and that that was a massive. A massive thing for me, um, and then obviously what what Tracy's touched on as well—the care from Codoblast and the nurses and ev- everyone else. I think in I mean, just general NHS, you know, it's just yeah, it's amazing. I think sometimes. Isn't it? And some patients say that the one the good thing, you know, because some patients might have had it due to cancer, and they say, but. The one good thing about this is that I've met so many lovely people on the journey mm. and made yeah. other good friends on this journey mm. thing that I wouldn't have met yeah. before. So yeah, there is light. <laughs> okay, so your last card, Michael, is what would be the title of your life story? Um... Oh. <laughs> Bag for life. A bag for life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you remember we we done another we done another talk um, mm. at um, my dad's Rotary Club, mm-hmm. and um, he came up with the title of the talk for the evening was a bag for life. That yeah. that just sticks actually I think. But there's a couple of things in that bag for life mm. because yeah it got across to me bag but life. It's actually giving me my life back as well. Mm. It's not, mm. you know, I may have it for the rest of my life, but also it's given me a life. Mm. So, yeah, 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 that. that. <laughs> yeah, I've got a similar title, kind of living because of the bag, not with the bag. Mm. Because for a lot of patients, if they didn't have the stoma, they wouldn't be here now, you know, and that's another, that can be quite when patients are finding it quite difficult and challenging to accept it mentally, that phrase of living because of it, not with it, can be the the changing point. It's mm, a good one, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last card. Uh, who has had a big impact on your life but doesn't know it and why? Oh... To be honest with you, I think every time I talk to Michael, I find new things out 
and we've known each other for six years and we chit chat all the time but it's only when I sit here listening to him that I'm actually you know it, it doesn't cease to amaze me because I still remember seeing him the first time in a very chaotic house when it was raining and in the summer and how and thinking how am I going to turn this one around sort of thing you know and actually he's the biggest and I talk about Michael all the time to my patients and that's why he comes on presentations <laughs> with me we've done nursing times awards you name it we've probably done it on in the last six year six years so I think he's had the biggest impact on getting that insight for me by learning from Michael because you can't learn it out of a textbook to then forward on to, to my patients to help and support. Person has probably had the biggest impact on me um, other than Tracy. <laughs> but it's got to be it's my wife. Um, you know, what she has dealt with, um, you know, even to the, to the yeah, leaking while I'm asleep in bed, you know, that's that's not a pleasant uh, thing to deal with. But she just gets on with it. Um, yeah, we'll be on the on the beach and um, yeah, on holiday, and she's always reassuring me. Um, most of the time, just saying, no, "I'll just get on with it." Like in that scenario, people are more interested in their own what they what they look rather than what that I look like um, so she's always she's just always thinking about it and always probably reassuring me and that's probably given me this massive impact on my uh, my thought process and stuff as well um, yeah she's yeah she's great <laughs> that was fantastic just really insightful and really helpful. Um, as someone who hasn't been very close to stoma care, I've learned a lot, so I hope our listeners also learn a lot from it. And um, thank you so much for taking the time out to come in and talk to us today. Well, thank you, it's been great to share experiences, stories, and hopefully help your listeners out there. Yeah, thank you as well um, for uh, just giving us the opportunity to, to talk, talk about it openly. Good to talk. Yeah. <laughs>